The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome in to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. Your The days are, are really getting are going by quickly here as we get closer to the football season, friend. Um, I feel like we're just barreling towards the start of the college football season. Um, it always sneaks up on me, even though this is my job, but that's okay. Uh, today, I'm joined by the sports director for CBS in Omaha, Adam Kruger. Adam, thank you for being on the show. How are you, man? Doing well, doing well. Ready to start talking about some actual games here in a little bit. And besides just uh, practice and, you know, as I'm sure the team's anxious to stop hitting each other and actually hit somebody else, as they like to say. Yeah, we have it. It's funny. That's usually on my fall camp bingo sheet. And that is not that no one has said that yet. I don't think I don't think I've I've heard someone say that. Maybe we'll get that on Wednesday. Yeah, we're definitely due for that. I heard uh I heard Eric Shenander drop a John Cook quote today saying the ante goes up. So uh, made me think of John Cook. So okay. yeah, we're starting, we're starting to get into the uh, typical sound bites of fall camp. I'm sure that that one's just a few days away. Yeah. I can't wait. I'll smile when it happens and try not to laugh out loud and disturb everybody. Um, now each week we have a couple of segments that are mainstays of the show. Uh, the first one is called coach speak where we go over something that a coach player or talking head said, and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant. Coach, speak to real talk. Uh, this week comes courtesy, actually from today, with uh, inside linebackers coach Barrett Root for Nebraska. And he said, quote, I think everybody's fighting to be on punt and kickoff coverage. And then if you have that special knack to be on punt return and kickoff return, that's the hardest job in football. So we need guys that are willing and able to do that as well. On great football teams, the best players are also great on special teams. Special teams has been, um, a, this is me now, special teams has been a huge focus of fall camp and really going back to spring. So Adam, what did he mean by that? I think he's basically saying the team needs to toughen up in all facets, especially special teams. I mean, Coach Frost has kind of given that lip service the last couple of years, but by letting Mike Dawson take over for that on, on the field role, as well as his duties with outside linebackers. I think he knows Dawson's history is, is pretty good when it comes to special teams. So I think he wants, you know, to, to devote extra attention to that this year. And he wants guys to be tough and not be too cool for school when it comes to playing on special teams. If you're on the too deep on defense or offense, good for you. But he also wants guys who are going to lay it on the line when it comes to special teams, because as cliche as it is, it's the third of the game. And and when Coach Rue talks about specifically the, the punt return and kickoff return, it's easy to be on, you know, kickoff coverage or to be a gunner on punt team because you're the one who gets to run 90 miles right. an hour and blast somebody. But when you're on punt return and kickoff return, you're often on the receiving end of those huge, you know, Big Ten linebackers coming down and, and trying to steamroll yeah. you and try to get to your guy. So, yeah, you definitely have to have the toughness to get in there. And, and it's definitely one of the, the, the toughest jobs on the team is those special teams on punt return and kickoff return especially. So, I think they're just looking for some some tough guys who aren't who aren't you know above being 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 a guy who 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 will do the dirty work on special teams because that's an area that even Coach Frost admitted has cost them a few games during his tenure. 
Yeah, and I definitely think that that with, I think there's a combination of things happening with that. Like, I think that the, like you said there at the end, the fact that, it's, and it's not really, it's not arguable. Frost has said it. They've all kind of said this, that special teams has cost them games over the last few years. Um, and that's just not going to be something that's sustainable um, long-term for your program. Like you just can't have it to where special teams is costing you games um, because in a, in a, a lot of ways, that's something that you can control, especially in the way that Nebraska has had kind of their errors on special teams, whether it's bad coverage, um, you know, punts that have been kind of wayward um the like utter lack of a return game that nebraska has had over the last few years like it's all just been odd um and i think the other thing too is and you alluded to this too and i think i i think that coach dawson mentioned this today i know coach chenander mentioned it today as well and i'm, I'm assuming that barrett rude did too is that, yeah, you can be on that depth chart, but how they're going to start to determine those backup spots is also going to be based on special teams. Eric Chenander talked about something today where he was asked about the picture at inside linebacker, right? And we know who those top three guys are um, with Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, and then Chris Kalarik. Um, Those are going to be your top three guys. Garrett Snodgrass was named as that fourth guy that's really pushing into that mix and has solidified himself in that fourth role. But then he expanded to talk about that next group of guys, um, your Bob Maga Clements, um, your Jackson Hanna, and then uh, there was one more guy that I am blanking on, um, that, th that those guys needed to be, a Grant Taggy was the other guy, that the separator for those three guys fighting for a role was going to be special teams. Like he said that it might be a situation where in the regular defense, one of those guys is elevated over the other, but the other guy is better on special teams and has shown more commitment to that. So that guy's going to travel and get to go to games on the road. Like, I think that they're dangling a few carrots out there when it comes to trying to improve the special teams. Um, and it's something that to me has, it's been, I don't know about you, it's been really consistent. I thought when we first started spring ball, and everyone was talking so much about special teams. I'm kind of like, okay, you know, this is great for, you know, first week of spring football, um, but it'll kind of die down. We're still talking about this on Monday, uh, August 16th. Um, they've definitely kept the attention up on special teams. Absolutely. And I think with these guys that you've seen recruited, the, the low four stars, you know, the high three stars, a lot of them, their only chance to make it to the next level in, in the NFL might be on special teams. So that's something that they probably should – you know, emphasize as well. And, and I think this has been brought up, but I'll emphasize it again. Coach Frost, he's come from programs, Oregon and UCF, where he's gotten out to his 17 to seven lead, 17 to three leads, where if the team gives up a kickoff return for a touchdown, it's not the end of the world because you know what happens after that, his offense comes back out right. there and they're likely to go down and put up three, if not seven on the board. Well, offense hasn't been doing that. Offense has definitely not been doing its part the last couple of years. So I think Frost has always thought special teams were important, but I think it's an extra emphasis this year. And us media types, we like to read the tea leaves. And when it came to tea leaves, as far as Trev Alberts at Big Ten Media Days, what kind of perked my ears up is when he mentioned special teams, how, you know, how Coach Osborne always mentioned special teams and how that can decide a game. And that's definitely decided a couple of games. You think first thing that comes to my mind, obviously, is, is – uh, the, the Iowa punt return, Cam Taylor Britt, one of the most dependable guys on the team, you know, he, he, he drops that ball on a, on a punt and, you know, he, he, he's one of the last guys you'd think would do that, but it just, it seems to snake bite Nebraska in the worst times so far in the Scott Frost era.
Yeah, it definitely does. And I do, I think that your point about the offense um, in Scott Frost's history, jumping out to those leads is so key. I actually think, and I've mentioned this a couple of times on this pod and other places, that I think that that has been the biggest adjustment um, or one of the biggest adjustments that Frost and his staff has had to make in coming to Nebraska and playing in the Big Ten. It completely changes how you go about a game if you know or feel really good about or it consistently happens that you're jumping out to these 17 to three or 20 to three, 21 to six, like type of leads. It like, because then all, there's such a trickle down effect of what happens in a game, right? You get up 21 to six in the first quarter on somebody, all of a sudden, all they're doing is throwing. You can pin your ears back. That one little mistake on special teams doesn't really come back to bite you and so on and so forth. Right. The difference in the Big Ten, and this is something that Brandon Vogel has, has written about quite a bit at HaleVarsity.com, the difference, big difference in the Big Ten is that your margin for error is just so small. Because outside of Ohio State, who's a, way up above everybody, basically, everyone else is pretty much within shouting distance of each other, which on one hand is great. It'll produce some good games and it'll produce a lot of close games. But on the other hand, it also means that it's really hard to take anyone for granted and that anybody can beat anybody. And I think that those things that have kind of snowballed on this program have been really difficult. And it starts with little details like special teams and putting a real emphasis on that. Right, and I think it goes back to confidence as well. Scott Frost has emphasized this team needs to just get a little bit of confidence, obviously on a macro level, getting a couple wins under their belt and getting some momentum. But I, I also think on a micro level, inside a game where they need to start 7-0, 7-0, 10 where they can't have the first play of the game and the first drive of the game be a swing pass that they think you know, is an incomplete pass and ends up getting picked up by the right. other team, they, they need to go down and put points on the board in some form or facet in that very first drive, and I think that changes the complete complexion of the, of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, switching gears here a little bit, but on the same topic of, of Nebraska this fall, uh, one of the things I wanted to get into you with you, I was thinking about this on the drive back from um, availability today, actually, in that I, I feel like, and I want to kind of lean you one way, but I kind of feel like there's been a different tone or some differences this year in fall camp. So I guess I'm going to start with you. I'm curious, do you think that anything, what if anything for you has changed about this fall camp to previous year's fall camps under Scott Frost? Let's break that down. I think there's a little less bravado overall as a, as a, as a mentality. It just, just very humble that, that we haven't done anything. We don't deserve any hype. You know, you were picked fifth or sixth in the West. Well, the teams are saying, you know what? We deserve it. Right. We get what we deserve. We've gotten what we deserve. So I think a very humble, um, you know, very business-like attitude from the team. Um, and I think that started at, at the top with head coach Scott Frost, who, who was the first to say, you know, that's that's what we deserve is fifth in the West. So I think it's been a very business-like and a very, sounds like a very physical camp from what we've heard on both sides of the ball. So um, that, that's kind of the main takeaway I've had is that it's just been very physical and, and Nebraska's very much honing in on the, the little things because the little things have cost them in previous years, a little, you know, a little false start here and there. And all of a sudden it's first and 15 or second and 15 right. and just get behind the eight ball. They just, especially on offense, cannot get behind the eight ball this year by self-inflicted penalties because Frost, everybody talks about the 12 and 20 record. Well, 11 of those 20 losses by Frost here in Nebraska by a touchdown or less, and that's where the little things come in. 
man, that's just, I, I know that stat, but whenever I hear it, it is just, it's jarring because if you really think about it, just the difference of basically splitting those games or because there's 11 of them, you can't, they win six of those 11. And it just really like, while they would still need to continue to improve, like it really changes the trajectory of what people think or just kind of the perception of where people are with everything. And I do think though that that stat and that having 11 of those one score losses under Frost is exactly why we've heard so much about a special teams be the details we heard today again from Barrett Rude um, about everyday habits right I think that was the line that he used about that's how you clean up the penalties in the game is that you have to want to do that and hold yourself accountable every day Um, and I think that leads into one of the things that has been really has kind of perked my ears up during fall camp and this is more so from the players I like to hear these things from the players versus the coaches which is the accountability piece that you're hearing about guys holding each other accountable. And I think I've heard this, especially um, on the offensive line. We've heard this a bunch. We've heard this from the D- uh, basically every defensive position group um, this fall camp and even going back into the spring about how guys are holding each other a lot more accountable and people aren't as afraid to kind of get in each other's faces and to kind of, you know, shake some chairs and say, listen, these are this is not the way that things need to go. Um, I think that that's been really good to hear that from the players. And the reason I think that that is actually being said by the players is something that I think it was. Casey Rogers that mentioned this last week or it was DeAndre Thomas and then KT Rogers also mentioned it was the camaraderie within the team we've heard more this offseason or this fall camp leading up into the season about the camaraderie and the togetherness and how close this team is than I feel like we've heard any year under Scott Frost. And it's not something that has come from the coaching staff. This has been a purely player-driven thing um, about how close everyone is. And you just kind of wonder if you get guys – it obviously helps to have guys be closer and have better relationships with the people that you're playing with. But when you have that and that level of trust that comes with that to then be able to hold each other accountable because you know that that guy has your back because you're actually hanging out with them outside of football, I think that that ends up being something that is a real intangible that you don't necessarily think about when you're like, well, man, why is the team struggling to like stay together um, in these tight games or or what have you? Like, I think that that's going to be a big piece of things going into the fall if if in fact they do take a step forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, in the preseason, we can, you know, the, us media types and the fans can get worn out with the uh, best summer ever talk, closest we've right. ever been talk. You know, the, the camaraderie is better than it's ever been talk. But I just think of another John Cook quote, I believe in, in 2017, they got that volleyball team to the national title with each other, for each other. And, and we've heard a lot of the brother to my left, the brother to my right talk. Um, and it seems like, yeah, they're holding each other a lot more accountable, a much more player driven team. I don't know if that's specifically led to a unity council per se that Frost had in the nineties. Um, but it seems like he's giving them a lot more leash as far as policing each other versus the coaches having to come in and, and play babysitter or play parents sometimes. So I think that that does go a long way. And you mentioned the offensive line. We've heard the name Cam Jurgens brought up quite a bit. I asked yeah. Ethan Piper, I go, who's the one guy in practice? You don't want to piss off and, and or let your team that teammate you don't want to let down. The first Cam Jurgens, the first thing that came to mind. So, which surprised me a little because, you know, it, it's hard to believe. It feels like he's been in Nebraska for a while, but you, you know he's still got a couple of years left. So, and he's still face it. Let's face it, he's still learning the offensive line. You know, right. so so the fact that he was you know listed as one of the guys to be looked upon in this team as a vocal leader. I mean that I think that 
that makes makes a huge statement. And also the fact that him and Adrian, uh, Cam and Adrian have been hanging out this summer playing golf, I think, you know, and all that. So they're building that bond. But but when it comes to Cam Jurgens, everybody talks about the talent, talks about the potential. But when it comes to Saturdays, it's all about, A, getting the ball back to Martinez and then do, going to do your job. No one, no one will care if Cam Jurgens has seven to nine pancakes on Saturday. If he has one or two bad snaps, that's all Husker fans are going to remember. They say the problem's fixed. We'll see if it's fixed. Yeah, we're going to have – yeah, we'll just – it's one of those things, and there are quite a few of these things with this particular team based on where things have been, where you're just going to have to see it on Saturdays to really believe it. I was at somewhere else about that with Adrian Martinez, and I was like, listen, they can say whatever they want really about Adrian in the offseason – people are just in like, we got to see it mode. And that's no like slight against him whatsoever. He may be awesome in practice right now. We don't get to see as much practice, so we don't know. Um, but that could be true. And, and we would love, people would love to see it. Fans would love to see it. Um, but we've, we're just going to have to see it the same way with the snapping. Like you keep hearing like, hey, there's just not been very many of these bad snaps the way that, you know, there had been previously with Cam Jurgens. You're just going to have to see it um, to believe it. The same way we started off talking about with special teams, like talking about the effort on special teams and the increased intensity. Like that's also something that people are just going to have to see. But one of the other things that I think, too, that, that jumps out to me, and I definitely want to make sure to mention this, competition. Competition has been a real buzzword, I think, specifically this fall camp. It started in spring some, but this fall camp for sure. Um, because if you really think about it, outside of, well, backup quarterbacks, so kind of quarterback, like there are very few positions where there isn't some sort of battle, right? Even at like safety, where you have Deontay William and Markel Dismuke that are your entrenched starters. Like even there, you have a guy like Miles Farmer who's really pushing those guys. Noah Pola Gates, who we got to hear from, I think for the first time in his time at Nebraska after practice today. Like he's he's pushing in that mix. Um, even where you have starters that came back for, for as super seniors. Um, and then there's plenty of other positions. Inside linebacker we talked about, outside linebackers like that. You know that it's fierce on the defensive line with all of the guys that they have on and so on and so forth. Like I think competition Competition has been a real inter running back is the biggest one, right? I should not say that. That's the biggest story of camp, maybe. Um, I think that the effects of what that daily competition will have, I think could be really good for this team. I think that that and Nebraska having to start out with a conference game were two of the best things that happened for them this offseason because there is no, oh, okay, like if you had flipped to Fordham in the Illinois game, like, oh, we can kind of half-ass our way through these things and, you know, it's a cupcake, we're going to beat them. No, you got to come ready to play and you better be preparing every day for A, a conference opponent, but B, a conference opponent that beat you last year, right, at home and C, what we started to hear about a little bit today, like they're going to have to prepare for a new coaching staff and that's going to make things even more difficult. So I think that competition um, is really something that has stood out to me during fall camp as well over a number of positions. Yeah, definitely. I, I go back to, to quotes. I think it's mostly Eric Chenander who says this, but he, he said it before. I haven't heard him say it yet this year, but he said it numerous times in the past. He says, Hey guy, he says this to his starters. He goes, Hey guys, you're, you're doing okay. But my job is to recruit people better than you, more talented than you. Like if that doesn't light a fire under your ass, I don't know what will like, right. That I, I, as a player, I'd want to hear that every day, you know, like that would motivate me every day. So, yeah, I think it's interesting kind of the, the young bucks coming up uh, 
uh, on the defensive side of the ball and, and also on the offensive line. We're going to see, a, you know, Turner Corcoran. We got a little bit of a glimpse of him last year, but we're going to hopefully, if he can stay healthy, hopefully see uh, what he can bring to the table. But I think, yeah, when it comes to running back and then that second cornerback spot, I think the competition's on. It's going to be heated. And just and like Scott Frost said, just because the guy starts game one doesn't mean he's going to start game two. So um, we know with Travis Fisher, the defensive backs coach, if he does anything, it's get the best competition out of his guys. Those guys are competitive when it comes to everything. And I think that that might light a little fire under Ryan Hell, too. I, I know we've only got to watch a couple practices, but boy, I don't know if I've seen an assistant coach more intense at least this fall camp than Ryan Hell, man. He is he is definitely locked in because, you know, he even admits that they have a chip on their shoulder because everybody's questioning them right now. And right. And in my opinion, rightfully so. I know Sevian Morrison, a lot of the reason why he didn't play last year wasn't his fault. But and I know it's just the second year in the program. Husker fans are so impatient where if a guy doesn't produce by his second year, he's he's wasted good. But like a lot of people want to see is Sevian the real four star deal that he was hyped up to be coming out of high school. And then Marquis step, is he, is he fully healthy? And then when it comes to a guy like Gabe Irvin, can his body stack up in the big 10 for across a 12 game span? We'll, we'll find out. And I just, I just really looking forward to see who's going to be standing next to our Adrian Martinez in the backfield come August 28th. Yeah. That, and it's funny. I think held had a, well, held, it's a great quote, but I think one of the things he said in the spring was that he was definitely going to have to earn his money this year um, coaching his position because he's just got so much inexperience, um, a lot of talent, like, and you listed those guys, and it's just, it would be surprising, I guess, to me if if we don't see a step forward from that group, just because they have a good handful of guys to choose from, and you're just going to, like, you almost have to have somebody step forward, right? Like it's it's not going to be possible to continue having your quarterback and Adrian Martinez be your leading rusher and be the guy that's taking the brunt of those carries. It's just not going to work for Nebraska. They have to have an emphasis on getting the ball to a running back in the run game and figuring out a way to get downhill. And I still think that what would be the best friend for those running backs, and this is not like some breaking thing, I'm not giving you a tremendous analysis here, but I'm going to say it anyway is to have the offensive line take a step forward right like we talked about them a little bit and I think that those guys started with Cam Jurgens, and then you have a guy like Bryce Benhart who was also uh, a four-star recruit that had a lot of promise coming into Nebraska and started every game last season um, Turner Corcoran who we got to see and then Ethan Piper who was kind of rounded into form it feels like Matt Sickerman is going to have that other guard spot and what a story that is, right? Um, kind of persevering in a way that you don't necessarily see, um, but you have seen, or in today's college football, but you have seen it with Nebraska's offensive line. The one spot that has not had very many transfers, I think just one maybe, if I can remember up top of my head, um, and Matthew Anderson, was this offensive line. Like basically those guys, have, they did not leave the program when Greg Austin came into town. And then the guys that have been brought to the team by Austin have not really left either. I think there's something good going on there. But if that offensive line can take the step forward that I think that Scott Frost and Greg Austin think that they can, that will make the world a difference for that running back group and help Ryan Hell earn his money. Yeah, and everybody talks about, you know, the, the guys up front, the, the talent there on paper, you know, the, the bodies look the part, you know, with, with you know, every offensive lineman, it seems like over 6'5", other, right. other than Cam Jurgens. Yeah, Jurgens is the small guy. I'm putting there, you guys can't see it, but I'm putting this, the air quotes, he's the small guy. 
Right. So I think that the talent's there, but we also got to remember, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Turner Corcoran's only started one game. Bryce Benhart, yeah, he started pretty much all last year, but he's still a work in progress as well as well as Ethan Piper. So, and then the, like he's mentioned, they're still figuring out that right guard spot. So there will be growing pains this year, yeah. I think. And, and on the offensive line, as well as the running back spot, can these guys stay healthy? Can a running back stay healthy? Because Diedrich Mills, you know, God bless him for all he did. He just could not stay on the field consistently right. to help Nebraska and help that downhill running game that Scott Frost, it sounds like wants to implement this year. Yeah, and I think that, that that running game, I think, has been the uh, – two things. The, the running game – though that downhill running game and um, the big plays have been, to me, the two big things that have been missing from Nebraska's offense. Obviously, the points. Um, but those are the two things that lead to that. Um, with Scott Frost taking over the program, that was just, it's just a, a big-time surprise, right? Like, I think that if you would have said when Scott Frost took over the program that we'd be going into year four and still talking about them trying to figure out the running game and how to get more big plays, I think you would have thought I was crazy – um, but that is something that they definitely need to get cleaned up. And I think they have the potential and the pieces to do it. It's just like most everything else with this program right now. Can they actually go out and do it? And then can they do it consistently? Like finding that consistency um, has been key just across the board, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, coaching, like it all needs to get cleaned up when it comes to that consistency. Yeah, and those, and you, and you kind of touched on it, but the running backs also need to step up for the fact of Adrian Martinez. You know, he can't be carrying it fifteen to twenty times a game. It's just no, he's he's not going to make it the whole year. You just know he's not with his with his history of injuries. So, you know, he has the most returning rushing yards of any FBS quarterback, which, which I guess in a way is good. But also, you, you want to take some pressure off those shoulders, um, and we'll see if those running backs can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, every week we end the show with a segment, which is my favorite segment, called Put Them On Blast, uh, where we basically put someone on blast for something that they did or said. Put them on blast. I am going to switch things up and let the guests go first this time. So, Adam, who are you putting on blast this week? Well, Greg, I was telling you earlier, usually I'm, I'm, I'm a grumpy old man, so I, I usually <laughs> have a lot more to complain about. But honestly, I don't have a ton to complain about this week. The only thing that really yeah. stood out to me was about – this time last week, about a week ago, um, they they did the athletic department did some sort of unveiling of an alternate <laughs> jersey, and and then uh, a fake alternate jersey got thrown online. And Nebraska, a lot of people in the national media, you know, it, it was basically what uh, a, basically a little red fake jersey was, was yeah, thrown out there. And, <laughs> right, and so I guess from what I understand, I was not there, but from what I understand, people there was some members of the athletic department who told fans and media, please do not tweet or, or social media out the look of this alternate uniform. We want to have the a big unveiling later. But when you have it on a public street, and I hate to pile on because a lot of people have piled on the, the, these athletic department employees for the last week or so, but you know what? In this case, I'm going to pile on because you have it on a public street, what the heck, and you invite the media what the heck do you think is going to happen? So if I'm going to put somebody on blast this week, it's, it's, they know who they are. And hopefully, you know, when it comes to the athletic department, sometimes, you know, when it comes to unveiling or fancy, fancy videos, you know, sometimes walking and chewing gum at the same time is not the easiest thing, but in this instance, like they, they probably should have been a little smarter about that. Yeah. I think that the, the one thing that they just needed to change was to, if they were going to just do that, just not announce it. 
like and 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 just scrap the portion where I guess they wanted to be able to have fans either in Husker gear or in patriotic stuff um, to go along with the unveiling. But man, we got CGI these days. It's 2021. They could have added something in. They could have done something because you know that people were going to show up. Um, I am so I'm actually stunned. Like, have you seen an actual good image of those jerseys? Are you talking about the little red or the actual? No, 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 not the little red mess. Um, the the actual ones, yeah. No, I mean, I I'll, honest, I haven't really gone out of my way to look for them because okay. uh, I, I I'll be honest, I've kind of burned out of the whole alternate jerseys and the throwbacks. I'm, I'm kind of burned okay. out from all of it, but I mean, I'll be curious to see. I've I've heard a few things about it, but no, I have not seen an image online. Have you? No, and I looked. So like, I saw a grainy cell phone photo of them from like like an angle side behind. Um, and that's about it. Like I really haven't seen much of anything. So I've been, so, you know, we were kind of joking that, yeah, they wanted people to go by the honor system, but it kind of feels like it, that somehow worked. Like, I, I don't know how they pulled that off, but maybe it was because what ended up happening was even crazier because of the little red thing that was totally fake and got to the point to where Trev Alberts had to tweet out that that was actually not a thing. Like he's also been sneaky good on Twitter, by the way, like he's been very good um, since he's taken over the job. Um, so that's been cool to see, but yeah, th- that whole Jersey fiasco is definitely worthy of being put on, put on blast and something else that is definitely deserving of being put out on blast is the NFL who I could always put on blast for any number of things. It feels like, but for this thing, whose decision was it that the taunting rules needed to be revamped? Like, I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but they released it like the competition committee or whatever it is for the NFL released a thing where you, they changed the rules to flag taunting more. Um, and it's essentially like, you can't point at someone and do a gesture or anything like that. Um, and I, I think the same thing every time we see something like this, whether it's in football with taunting, especially in the NFL, football taunting, or in the NBA when it comes to taunting, like why do we have to penalize and punish people for taunting in a professional sports league? Like I understand like not wanting people to go completely overboard. Like I I get that, even though the NFL has relaxed the stuff with the touchdown celebrations, which is totally fun. The world has not ended like them being able to do that. But like, I get it in high school, (laughs) definitely. I kind of get it in college. But we're getting a little dicey. But in the pro game, we're got these are grown adults that get paid to do this. Like we don't need to protect their feelings from being hurt by taunting after they just gave up a play. I don't I just don't understand why that is something that the NFL is focusing on cracking down on. And for that, the NFL has to go on blast. Yeah, I think I think you have, you're onto something there. I think it was the Lions game over the weekend, or somebody had a, had a decent run and they got up and they were called for taunting. And I, and I looked at them like, really over that, over that, really. I mean, I I know it comes back to sportsmanship and setting an example for the younger generation, but some of this stuff, man, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is very very ticky tack, and um, yeah, I, I I hope it's revisited because you never know; it might start costing 
team some games this NFL season, and then you're going to have a really a lot of pissed off people over a ticky tack call like that. Yeah, and you're gonna, what you're going to have is coaches sounding off at the end of games about those coaches and players and press conference sounding off about that, um, especially if it's if it's thing little things that guys are used to doing, like you know you get your first down, you hit the little shimmy shake, and you do the first down sign like that that kind of stuff. Um, if you get to that point, then those things are definitely going to get annoying. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. I feel like they're always tweaking these rules this time it it was for no good reason i feel like we should open those rules up some and allow people to talk more but that's just me um and that'll do it for today's episode subscribe to the podcast everywhere that you listen to them rate us and leave us a five-star review if you only leave four i'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that uh make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the hill varsity network the mind your own podcast the varsity club the Nebraska Preps Post Game Show and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. Also, make sure you're checking out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. I was just back on there again today with the crudy question of the week. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Greg, Greg Smith HB and at Adam Kruger TV. And you can email the show at Straight Up Breakdown at HailVarsity.com. I will catch you guys next week. A Media Production.